we have them available. Just raise your hand if you need a copy, and we'll make sure that you get a copy of it. In the meantime, we want to get started. We had a little problem with the microphones, and so I'm using a handheld mic today because of that. But, hey, you do what you have to do. I've done it before. So um, we're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. I know some people are still getting settled in because we kind of got a late start. But uh, we need to get into our lesson since we've lost some time. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to sit before you. And we just thank you for this time that you set aside for us as a group, as a church. We pray, Lord, that you allow us to hear the Spirit speak to us individually. We pray, thank you, Lord, for this time again. We pray that wisdom is shared and knowledge is shared, not from my words, but only from your words. And we just thank you and give you praise and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to pick up with Lesson 16. And we left off on page 2, and we had some questions that came up that I want you to think about as we move forward with this lesson. And they are, if you don't have a lesson copy, raise your hand and we'll make sure that you get a copy of it. Um, but though we ask that you hang on to your lesson copy so that we don't have to give them all out right away. So one of the things we did discuss last week, and I don't want to rush past this too quickly, but I want to make sure that we're aware of it, that we have on occasion equated God's silence in prayer to human silence when we're having a communication or conversation with someone and we ask the question about, you know, how do you feel or what about silence from a person? What emotions do you feel? What, um, what do you think silence represents? And we have all kinds of different answers there that you could check off. Um, but I encountered it myself personally at work. I, I had a, a, a colleague who typically is not, um, he is a peer supervisor of mine. He is a guy who has been there for a little while, but his, I don't think he's all that, unless you get to know him, he's not all that friendly, I don't think. And there was an occasion I just passed him in the hallway going toward the restroom and you know, I acknowledged him, and he didn't say anything. He just, maybe he thought he said something. He really didn't. But it was one of those things where I'm like saying, well, this guy, and he's done it before, so it's not anything that I didn't expect necessarily. But when you have something like that happen to you and you, and you encounter something like that, you do believe or feel as though, well, you know, this guy's just blowing me off, you know, or he's just not really very good at communication. So you come up with some sort of a solution to resolve why something like that would happen. So this is a very real thing. It's not anything that you have not experienced yourself. You probably have. You know, those are things that you, you run into every now and then through life. But what we want to now look at more closely is that when you get something like that happening to you now, do you still translate that same way of thinking into how you feel when God doesn't respond to your prayers? Well, there's a couple things we need to look at. First of all, what are you praying for? If your prayers are genuine and sincere, then that's something that you can... Well, let's give it a shot. Hold on. Let's see if this is going to work. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three. It sounds like it's going to work. 
Okay. So, what are you praying for specifically? Is your prayer a good prayer? Is it a prayer that is a genuine prayer? Or is it a selfish prayer? Now, we're going to leave that part of this out of the lesson because we want to make the assumption that your prayers are prayers that God is indeed going to respond to and answer. Amen? We're going to make that assumption. Most of us, if not all of us, know how to pray when it comes to being sincere with your prayers. But what happens when God doesn't answer your prayer right away? Well, Lord, it was a good prayer. What was wrong with what I was asking for? Now, are we going to put conditions on the prayer now as far as how God responds? So back in the middle of the handout on page two, when it comes to God, how do you feel? How do you tend to feel when he is silent? I want you to think on those terms. How do you tend to feel when he is silent? Say it again. Frustrated. Great word. Frustrated. Remember, we are kind of touchy-feely. We, are, we, know we have our handle on things. We want to see things resolved. We want to see issues dealt with. And when we don't hear from God right away, we can be frustrated. Any other words that might work with that? I mean, that's a natural feeling. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You should feel that way. Well, that's probably a valid point, but we also know that Sometimes when you're all alone or all by yourself, you may feel like, where is God? Abandoned. Abandoned. You see why she's saying these words? Disappointed. Disappointed. See, this is it. You're, You're right, but that doesn't mean that the feelings or the emotions aren't still there. Because you have to understand, we have to still go back to what the Bible says, facts over feelings. But that doesn't mean that these things aren't real. You had your helpless. I want you to think about these words. These are valid concerns. These are valid responses. First of all, emotions are normal because we were created by an emotional God. God creating us in his image means that we have some characteristics of his. One of those characteristics we have is emotion. Emotion helps us to do things. What if we were created without any emotion? What would you be? A machine. A robot. You would be. It's a very special, unique thing to have emotions. Emotions do what? Compel you to do what? Have empathy and desire to help someone else. The very things that Christ did when he was here on earth, he was showing you empathy, concern, care. He cared for the people very deeply. He wanted to see them not suffer and offered healing and words and sermons and speeches that encouraged people to be able to help do what? Deal with their emotional state. So these are all valid things. Did we? Yes, go ahead. 
Okay. Anger. Uh-oh. Oh. You're rich with words today. You're going back into your history. Okay. Yeah. We're dealing with real things here. And it's, it's important to deal with those things and discuss those things. Because if you don't discuss those things and deal with those things, guess what? You can't resolve them. You can't resolve them. It's fine to say you were angry because God didn't answer your prayer. But now we know we need to go back into God's word and deal with those issues. Understand why he didn't deal with them so that you can reconcile with him and reconcile with your own emotions. Because, yes, this is a reconciliation with him. That's what this is coming down to. We don't like when God doesn't answer our prayers, when we hear silence from him. We don't like that. Who does like it? Does anybody like it? It's nothing to like, but no one really wants to have that happen. The natural thing is if we're praying, we are having an expectation for what? A response. When you're having a conversation with someone, you have an expectation, if you ask them a question, that you'll get an answer. How would it be if you ask somebody a question and they just don't say anything to you? It really is the same thing. There's really no difference. So what we're doing here is we're getting in touch with this very deep relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ, understanding that, and this is not a psychology class, by the way. It's not a psychology class. But it is dealing with specifically what you're going through when you're having this communication with God. Because there are times when God has answered your prayer, amen? And sometimes relatively quickly. But there are times when he hasn't. And so you wonder what's wrong, what's What's broken, what's not working. So let's look at this further. If you've prayed and heard nothing from him, what do you think his silence often represents? His silence, not your emotions. What do you think it represents? Disapproval. Disapproval. Wow, I didn't expect that to come from you, but that's a great, that's actually a great word. Disapproval. Yeah. Doesn't have to be. We're de- well, no, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this. I know exactly where you're going with this. And that's fine. (laughs) I know where you're going with this because you're talking about the Lord. And we don't want to badmouth God's responses. We don't want to do that. But again, we're looking at how we're responding and how different people are responding to prayer. Yeah, that's right. We don't know. Remember, this is the question is, if you've prayed and heard nothing from him, what do you think his silence often represents? Okay, go, finish your thought. You don't know. Okay. I mean, it could be, why would I be negative about it, though? Okay. 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 No. That's a. That's your response to the question. 
Now, you just started something. You said, yes, you can. Well, if he says you can ask anything. That's right. So that's part of that anything. Okay, well, then after you've asked it, don't you have to wait? Why don't you continue to, why isn't he answering? I'm frustrated. I'm a little confused. That's all right. Hold that thought. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. 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 Yes. I'll get you in a second. You know, I'm learning that, yeah, even though I may know the word, and, you know, my language may not necessarily be intact with the Lord, but I have those human feelings, and I had to stop. Um, how can I say this? I had to just get real with me. And the Lord's relationship. There are times I'm just not there. There are times I, I have felt that He's abandoned me. He's disapproving of me. And so those are real feelings. So I think that the, uh, I think like Mel says, that sometimes we tend to want to play this, uh, oh, I'm holier than thou game type of thing that we don't have these feelings. We want to suppress them. We want to look at the, the word here, so mm-hmm. to say. What we should be doing, but in reality, we do have these human feelings. We're human, and and I think, like Pastor said, He wants us to come. And and you hated me sometimes and tell them those real feelings. And what I found in my own experience is that only when I've gotten real with Him, I come with the real, real, and I'm not coming with this fake face. No, I'm not feeling this. Uh, and you know, before I, the Lord allowed me to uh, meet my husband. Mm-hmm. I had to just get real. Yeah, I do want to make. Yes, I do desire to see Karen again. Yeah. But I was just okay where I was with him. Right. But yes, I, and I, I believe it was like six or eight months later, after I got real with the Lord, say, Lord, I just got a friend, somebody to go to the movies with, or just, you know, not necessarily marriage, because I don't know if that's the card you have for me mm-hmm. again. It took but you a minute to get to that point, though, didn't yes, it? That's I right. Yes. Yes. And be vulnerable before him, mm-hmm. and just say, "Here's my, says, here I am." Okay. Just so up, broken down, and yeah, I'm not feeling. I don't know where you're at right now, Lord. Right. I don't know what you are saying right, right. now. And so sometimes we do have those feelings that he's disapproving, he's not answering. I've been a bad girl or a bad boy, and you know. Very good. Go ahead, Kaylee. I was gonna say just. Nice and loud, so everybody can hear. To worry, it's not always necessarily good for you to worry. So, like in that sense, sometimes I just don't worry because then I know if it's something trivial, then I know, oh, it might not be good for me, and therefore he's not going to answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. And if it's something bigger, then I continue to pray for it and mm-hmm. hope that, or not hope, well, yeah, hope that sometime in like the future, like. Say like my mom's reading something in the class or something. I was continuing to pray for that. Yep. Hoping that they would get there someday. Well, what you just heard her do is rationalization. Which is what we all do. Which is what you were doing. Which is what Arella was doing. 
there's rationalization in the fact that God is not responding to our prayer. That's perfectly okay. And it is okay to come back and say, Lord, what's going on? Go ahead. That's right. That's why I said disapproval. I didn't say I stayed there and lived there. Exactly. The first thought might go to maybe he's disapproving. Sure. That's that's why I want you guys to talk this out. Absolutely. No, you're not. Right. That's right. What Kaylee just described was, okay, I didn't get the answer I wanted, so what, am I, what do I do in response to that? But that's you responding. We're still not really addressing the question specifically, unless you say, if you think he's not responding because he's disapproving of what you're praying for or of you yourself, well, that's a real thing that you're experiencing. Yes. Job 37. Uh, verse 19. Teach us what we shall say unto him, for we cannot order our speech by reading the darkness. Verse 20. Shall it be told to him that I speak? If a man speaks really, he should be swallowed up, uh, uh, swallowed up. Uh, and now men see the bright light which is in the clouds, but the wind passes between them. Fair weather cometh out of the north, but this God of terror, majesty, touching the Almighty. And in judgment and plenty of justice, evil not afflict. Men do therefore fear him, mm-hmm. who respecteth not that are wise of heart. And in verse 30, um, 38, at the very beginning of the uh, chapter, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he did. What you're getting at is what we're going to talk about a little bit later on. All right, now let's, let's go to this third question, because we covered both of these first two questions with excellence. Good job with that. Were the answers to the last two questions similar to the answers you gave to the two questions that preceded them? Were they, in fact, the questions from up top here about the thoughts and emotions? And the answer is yes. Of course they were. In fact, the answers to the two questions we just asked were very similar. We're still talking about the same thing. We are putting on God what we think his response is. And that's, you know, that is part of our rationalization of what's going on. We, we don't like rejection. Amen? Your human relationships, we don't like rejection. That is how we are wired. That is who we are. We don't like it. We want everyone to be accepted. We want everyone to be liked. How did you feel when you used to get bullied? How did you feel when you used to get pushed down? How did you feel when you were you know, put upon as a child? Some of the worst experiences you've had in life sometimes were when you were growing up and going to school. Because no one likes rejection. So, of course... No one likes the fact that God doesn't answer 
prayer right away, if at all. Now, what you're doing is getting in touch with this relationship thing that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes these things happen, just as a sidebar, to get you to think more and get you to pray more and seek after him more. It wouldn't be the same, first of all, A, we all have emotions, we're not robots, and B, if God answered every single prayer exactly when you prayed for it, now you have a totally different relationship. Totally different relationship. You don't have a healthy relationship necessarily. Now God is a genie in a magic lamp somewhere. So we need to understand that sometimes, and we go back to Scripture to remind us of these things, God is sovereign, and God sometimes doesn't answer a prayer right away because it's not the right time. And Kaylee said it herself, or no, uh, uh, Donna said it herself, am I praying for the right thing? Well, you can question that. You can ask that question. But we also need to come back and look at who God is in this whole thing. Do you have the same response to God's silence as you do to human silence? If you do, stop and ask God to remind you that he is not, I feel or I assume. We try to do that sometimes. He is not, I feel or I assume. We are that all day long. He is a just compassionate, ever-present God whose motives and ways are perfect. He is, I am. Amen. We know that God is perfect. Amen. And he knows what's best for all of us. His word has said so. He has shown us in good times and bad, Romans 8.28 applies. Amen. Because we need to understand that good does not always mean wonderful or happy and light. In fact, it doesn't mean that at all in that passage. It means what's best based upon his sovereignty and how he sees things. He's not contradicting his word when he says those things. He does indeed want the best for us. But we need to understand that sometimes what he sees as the best for us may not be what we see as the best for us or the best for a situation you're praying about. Did you want Putting an extra dollar in your tithing envelope will not do it. No. 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 Yeah. That's fine. I mean, it's interesting you thought of the dollar and the tithing envelope that just kind of popped up in your head there. But Oh, okay. See, now, you see that? Now, see, she just took something from the past and equated it to what we're talking about today. We all do that. We all do that. We've all learned. We all have experiences. Pearl had to go through eight or nine months of figuring all this whole thing out before she got married again. It takes time. We're all learning something in the midst of God not answering prayer. We, say it again, please. If it is not for you, you will know 
If it's not for you, you're not going to get it anyway. That's right. Now, we're making the assumption. We're praying for the right things. Amen? We're, we're not going to go back and say, Lord, I want a million dollars. And if your expectation is you're going to get a million dollars because you pray for it, well, you don't really have a very good relationship or understanding of who God really is. So you're back to square one. The composer of Psalm 35:22 seems to think that if God is silent, he is also what? Turn to Psalm 35:22. Thank you guys for sharing verses and all that. I wanted to get to this point where we actually were talking about Bible verses before we finished the class. I think last class we were, we were struggling with that. Because we were still wrestling with some content about really dealing with what we're experiencing. Beverly, thank you for sharing those things earlier because that gets everybody thinking. We're human beings. We're going to have human responses. Amen? We're going to have human responses. We are not superhuman. Do you realize that we, of course, have to rely upon God's word to help us to get to the point where we can rationalize about why God is being silent. The initial responses are, we are usually not very happy. We might be ticked off. We might be upset. And that's okay. Sometimes we have to say it's okay. You know, the word anger was mentioned. Well, it says, be angry but do not sin. So, In the word, anger is permitted if it's a righteous anger. But we need to sometimes remind ourselves it's okay to be angry about a situation. It doesn't mean that you're an evil, bad person if you're angry. Now, if you take that anger too far, now you have to deal with God about that. And we don't talk about these things enough, and it's not Pastor Gus's fault or it's not anybody... This is why you have Sunday school. This is why you have discussion about these things, because we have a lot of people who have a warped view of God because they don't have complete understanding of God's word and what it is to have an emotional relationship with him. We don't want anyone in this room to have a warped view of God because he's not answering prayer the way I want to. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. Well, what are you doing? Psalm 35, 22. You have seen, O Lord, be not silent. O Lord, be not far from me. So the composer of Psalm 35, 22 seems to think if God is silent, he is also what? Far away. There you go. Far away. Now, why would this be in Scripture? This is dealing with your specific emotional response when you detect God's silence to your prayer. The Lord supposedly knows everything that's going on, amen? Knows what's happening, knows about what's going on in your life. Something is not right, something is going on, and you're not hearing anything. So you think, based upon this passage... The Lord is far away. And that's something that we all experience. Amen? Amen? This is something we all have experienced. 
please be honest about that. It's okay to say yes. Yes. Uh, Matthew 27, 46. You keep firing off scriptures. Go ahead. Let's see what you got. Yep. How about that? What is that passage saying at that moment when Christ was on the cross and it was dark and it was near his death? Well, that was an emotional response, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the human side of God coming out on the cross. Why have you forsaken me? You know why? Because he felt either separation or God was not responsive or both. Deal with it, guys. There's nothing evil about this. You're just reconciling what's going on here. Okay. We often equate God's silence with him being distant. Have you ever felt far from God because he was silent? Please discuss. Well, we kind of have said yes. Have you felt far from God? Now, we know what Scripture says. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. That's true. What this should be telling you and what this should be teaching you is that we have an ongoing development with our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have an ongoing practice of working through these emotions in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We already know that we're saved. We already know that we are saved by grace. We already know that the blood on the cross took care of our sin. But you know what? We still got a lot of stuff to learn, don't we? A lot to learn. When you are going through hard times and tough times, you know, I, 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 go, I draw back on our relationships that we had with your father and my mother and all that stuff, too. And it's just, it was just unbelievable what we had to experience. It was certainly out of the norm. And it causes you to think and rethink and look at history and look at previous relationships. And all that stuff comes crashing in. At the same time, how things used to be, how things are today, it makes you think and it makes you pray even more, especially when you're looking at very important things like salvation. It's all very important for us to understand that God is working with us continually. You can go over to page three. I'm not sure you guys want to discuss this anymore <laughs> about the silence part and how you feel about it if he's all far away. Because some of you, honestly, I, I think I'm, I'm sensing some of you don't want to necessarily admit that you feel far away, even though you probably do. That's just the sense I get. It's okay. 
when you're brought up in the Word, you're trained in the Word, it's hard sometimes for you to reconcile with the fact that, well, that's not what the Word teaches. Well, the Word is a guide for all of us. We learn by reading and studying the Word. Pastor Gus didn't just get up one day and start preaching. He had to read and study the Word, too, just like everybody else. Were you actually far from him or was he there all along? Right at the top of page three. His silence can make you feel far from God, but every feeling is not a fact. Every feeling is not a fact. One of the things that we have to understand is that sometimes we do have emotions, but we need to make sure that those emotions, to a degree, are under control. What happened on Thursday night? At the Browns game. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm not going to ever talk about this again. Football is a violent game. Amen. Sometimes the opponent will do things to goad you into getting penalties. Amen. For those of you who know football, that's commonplace. I played football in junior high school. You do things sometimes to rattle your opponent. And sometimes, if you get too emotional, you go nuts. Now, just because the opposing player starts grabbing on you and starts messing with you, does not mean you go and retaliate and do the same thing. Because it's usually you that gets the penalty. And that's what happened. So now, without getting into what the NFL's response was to all of this, because we can argue about that, and that's being appealed anyway. His emotions, his feelings got way out of control, and it overrode any kind of common sense with eight seconds left in the game. Eight seconds! You know you're going to win the game. That's a fact, right? The game is over. They ain't going to get two touchdowns in eight seconds. So why would you do that? Sometimes you have to look at the facts and say, well, the fact is we won the game. How I feel doesn't really matter at this point. And sometimes we have to have the same response. But that's part of our, Kaylee did it, rationalization understanding the situation. Did you hear the explanation she gave? Understanding the situation for what it is and coming back to that and making a sound judgment based upon that. Now, it didn't change how you initially felt because you all will feel something when someone does something to you. But now you've got to come back to the facts. So the fact is, God is not away from you. He is Emmanuel. God is with you. He's always with you. And you have to go back to the Word to remind yourself of that. You're still in training. You're still learning this stuff. He reminds you of this. Emmanuel, God with us. He's still with us. He's not far away. Even though He's not answering our prayer, we still have to come back to God is right there. Amen? Okay.
What do you think the writer in Psalm 39.12 thought God's silence represented? Go to Psalm 39.12. (laughs) Maybe we should offer college credits for a class like this for uh, Christian psychology. Does it exist? I don't know. (laughs) Psalm 39.12. Hear my prayer, O Lord. And give ear to my cry, hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. What do you think the writer in Psalm 39:12 thought God's silence represented? What does it say? Hold not what? Your peace. Now understand, the writer of this psalm is crying, upset, in distress. These are emotional responses to the circumstances happening. And what he is asking God to do is not withhold his peace and comfort in the situation. For I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my father's. This is a person who has a relationship with the Lord. It's an ongoing relationship. Pardon me? Verse 6. Oh, surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. A man heaves up wealth and does not know who will gather. Was that in Job too? Sounded pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He seemed to equate God's silence with loneliness or rejection. Where do we hear that word? Loneliness, rejection. These are valid things that we experience. If we're reading about them in the Psalms, then God knows exactly how you may feel when a prayer is not answered. He's expressing that to you in his own word. Now, it doesn't validate every time you don't get an answer for you to feel that way, but it does explain sometimes in your life where you felt that way. Loneliness and rejection. Yes, go ahead. He's trying to get something back. Sure. Do we not often find that we have to reconcile with God over something. Amen? It's ongoing. This is not a stagnant thing. If there's a growth in a relationship, there has to be additional discovery. There has to be additional discussion between you and God. This is ongoing. You're 90 years old. I guarantee you, you're still learning something about God. Amen, Brother Beecher. Amen. Amen. You listening? He's listening. See, that's, that's always his answer if he doesn't want to. <laughs> You're still learning. Yes. That's right. We had the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 We have that. We need to do what? Rely upon it as often as possible. That's the point. 
he didn't consider himself as a citizen, but as an alien. Have you ever felt as if you didn't belong due to God's silence? If so, how did it feel? We've kind of answered that question today. Let's go to Philippians 3.20, because we're going to wrap it up here. I think, was that the first or second bell? First bell? Thank you. That shows Philippians 3.20. we got to come back and remember what God tells us as we rationalize with this silence that he gives us. And your responses, like Roscoe's response earlier today and Donna's response earlier today, we're all rationalizing with this initial response of disappointment or loneliness or all those things that occur. Because we are human. We have human emotions. Human emotions. You're not going to override your human emotions. I don't, you don't have an override button. You've got to work through it. Did you? You know, sometimes when uh, we want things right away when we want it. Mm-hmm. And we pray for it. And when it doesn't come. Well, this is me talking about me. Sure. I pray that God can that it. Not ready for it. Okay. Okay. That's what he's telling you. So what does it say in Philippians 3.20? But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to remind you that you already have a place waiting for you. No matter what you're going through or what you're experiencing, you already have a place. You're already a citizen of heaven. You already have that waiting for you with your relationship in Jesus Christ. He's taking you back to eternal thoughts rather than in-the-moment thoughts. Eternal thoughts. Eternal thinking. That's the way he wants us ultimately to think. We may have human emotions, but he wants us to go back to eternal thoughts. Not my will, Father, but your will. That's what he wants us to always come back to. We're going to stop here and we'll pick up next week and draw upon this a little bit more. But I hope you understand this exercise was not about you saying, you know, what is my relationship with the Lord? You have a healthy relationship with the Lord for the most part. He's just challenging you in the midst of it. Sometimes with not answering prayer right away. You would not have the same relationship you have with the Lord Jesus Christ right now if God was answering every single prayer you've ever made. Amen? Wouldn't happen. We'd be talking about a totally different thing. So think about that and think on those terms. And with that in mind, let's close out in prayer. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us. Thank you for helping us to wrestle with and deal with these things that we experience emotionally when we hear silence from you. Lord, we can only equate those things to how we deal with silence from other human beings. And Lord, sometimes we do those things to understand what's going on. But Lord, we know that you already have control over everything in our lives. You already have complete understanding of who we are, where we are, and frankly, sometimes how we're going to respond. Help us to continue to grow in this relationship with you. Understanding that that silence is not rejection, 
But that silence is merely acknowledgement of your situation and that you have a better plan or a plan for us that we just don't realize. Help us to reckon with these things as we go forward. Help us to seek you more and more for greater understanding of what's going on. Sometimes the Lord will have you ask more to see if you indeed are truly faithful to him. And in that, he may indeed respond. Thank you, Lord, for these reminders. Thank you for your very presence. Thank you for the reminder that you indeed are always present. You are Emmanuel. Bless us now as we look forward to the upcoming message and the speaker. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time.